I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Gobbler Country's Talking Turkey. This is John Schneider, your regular co-host, and my regular co-host, Brian Manning, is on Christmas vacation. So I have sitting in for Brian, my son, Joshua, who you guys know as Blue Lone Wolf, who's been a former contributor to the site on and off for years and has helped out last year with our recruiting segment. This year, we're going to talk a little bit about recruiting in the first segment. And hey, Josh, how you doing? I'm doing all right, Dad. It's good to be back down in Blacksburg for winter break, just trying to relax after, you know, getting out of the craziness that is Northern Virginia. Yeah, that's never fun. All right, so here we go. We've got a recruiting class that a lot of people were disappointed with, and I'm not particularly disappointed with them. First, let's look at the offense. They signed a new quarterback, Taj Bullock from St. Peter's Prep. He's not got, of course, that's it, it's an interesting grab because we're talking Jersey here, but he's Anyone been on the board. a student at Virginia Tech can tell you that we, I swear, at least 15% of our student population is from Jersey anyway, so that... Yeah, we're Jersey's, we're Jersey's technical college, I think. So as far as talent goes, he looks like pretty much in the mold of the typical Fuente quarterback, he's a big kind of rangy kid. He's a dual threat. One would hope that he's in line for not thinking that, that he's going to be in a program that's going to get him prepped for a big NFL career because the way they run quarterbacks here, but other than beating them up right now, I think that's what my biggest beef is with the offensive staff right now is this, they're not using quarterbacks wisely. Well, my big thing is is that he better be ready to be playing next year because Braxton Burmeister might get one more year, and he's the kind of guy that would either look to run to the NFL or might transfer out the way that things have been going now. Yeah, I, I think Burmeister, well, Burmeister's really only got one year. I think now because that was a freebie year, he really has two more years. But if he actually catches and plays like he did for the UVA game, it's going to be an interesting push. So he's going to, you know, he might make the jump. You never know. Who got stage for running backs? It's Chance Black, Kenji Christian, Elijah Howard, and Malachi Thomas. They loaded up on running backs this year, which is kind of interesting. Well, not really interesting. It's actually necessary, wasn't it? I disagree with you completely. I think oh. that they took way too many running backs this year. They've got a stocked room where they already lost people to attrition last year. Whether or not Howard or Thomas or anyone stays at running back is a question, but in my opinion, they took who they could and who they could ended up being running backs, and I don't know if we needed that many. They've still got Marco Lee. 
They've still got Jalen Hampton. They've still got other kids from previous years. They've still got Blackshear, who, I mean, granted, he could move the slot. Well, I got a feeling right now, just so that you know, I I think that they're going to be running Blackshear as H-back. It looked like that's what they were going to do with him. He's too small to be an actual H-back. That's a nonsense decision. No, well, it's not a nonsense decision if you understand how they're using the H-back now. You're using the H-back like a flexible slot receiver that can run, run out of the backfield, run across the formation. So I I don't know. We'll we'll see. Blackshear seems to be a a Swiss Army knife that they don't particularly. Then the question is, we still have Keyshawn King that they never used this year because they didn't really have to, but he still hasn't been able to put on enough weight to be a running back in a Power Five conference yet. I'm sure that someone like the art strength and conditioning coach is trying, but the fact that he still hasn't gotten over 200 pounds is a problem. Yeah, that's going to be a problem, and it's going to be a problem for his health. And from the rumors that his mom wanted him to put on more weight before being a regular starter might have been a, not just a motherly reach out, but actually might have been a pretty shrewd move. We'll see. King's got a lot of promise, but King's promise is going to be, I don't think it's going to be feature back. I think it's going to be things like returner. Now that Khalil Herbert's gone, I don't, unless Holston becomes the feature back and he's shown promise over the year. I don't think that they've got a feature back in this group as we've seen as of yet. Well, I do agree with you there. Wide receiver, wide receivers, they've got a a couple of wide receivers that look like they might be promising, but that was as many running backs as we recruited. We probably needed to look at some more wide receivers, and they really didn't get that many in the door. I guess Lofton is the big one that we kept that everybody was trying to make other runs at, and he stuck and signed his letter of intent. One of the Texas to Virginia recruits, TCU was apparently very hard after him, but he stuck with his commitment, which was nice. They've got a couple other receivers, Jalen Jones and the recent one, DJ Sims, from you know Virginia receivers, and I know that plays well with the fan base, but I'm going to say this once if I've said it a million times, you don't score extra points on the field by having Virginia recruits in your class. No one gives you a cookie for it. So Yeah, well, that's not a popular opinion in, in a segment of the fan base, I'll tell you. It's like well, what I tell people. Get they, over themselves. They, <laughs> Build a Torgerson Bridge and get over yourself. I keep telling people you're fixated on 757. First of all, we do have a couple of really good recruits from other places in Virginia right now, including Sharando. Don't even get me started on those guys. Yeah, but tight end, we have Jack Hollyfield, who looks like he's not going to play defense. He might end up being a tight end. That's still up for debate. But that's up for debate. Gibble is out there, but we still have Gallo that's up, and who else is so? So there's we have a Gallo. Bunch of guys. Mitchell, I Mitchell. think, still probably is going to be back next year. He needs another year of tape, I would argue. Yeah, I would think. Um, so we've got depth, and Dulles actually had a couple of uh, opportunities this year and didn't do that badly. So he sh- he probably could be back next year. I don't think, obviously, because of the skip year, but I don't even think he's a Richard senior yet or not. Yeah. Well, we've got uh, offensive line. We get this new kid from, he's not really from Germany, he's actually Serbian. He was playing in the in the club leagues in Germany because they, they actually go out and they play guys like Kaiser Slaughter, which the Americans call K-Town, that in some of the American high schools, they picked up football from them. And this kid's supposedly pretty good. It's Daniel Militech that 
I'm not sure exactly how he pronounces his first name, but it's the English translation is Daniel. And he's supposedly looking pretty good. They got a couple of good offensive linemen. It's all that, developmental stuff. They're yeah. not instant starters, but no. because we've lost Nestor and Hudson to transfers for various reasons, those guys might be playing sooner than you'd like. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's probably true. Now, Vice is a good coach, though, and he puts a good squad together. So Honestly, for right now, Vice is probably the best offensive coach we've got. Yes, he is. I've liked Vance Vice since the beginning, even when people weren't sure about him. There was something about how he handled himself and how he was handling his approach to the players that I really enjoyed. I think he good. also plays well at Virginia Tech, just in general, that kind of rough and tumble, kind of gruff guy. I think yeah. it works here. The hard hat thing. He means it. I mean, he's the kind of guy that would wear hard hat. So the offensive class and all of these recruiting rankings, I kind of want everyone, even though I don't think the class is like any great shakes, I want everyone to take the recruiting rankings with a little bit of a grain of salt because a lot of places there wasn't any fall football. A lot of these kids haven't gone to camps, especially the big fancy camps where all those guys like rivals and 24-7 show yeah. up and recruit rankings oh, oh, and all these guys. Like, even like when you were in high school and they were sending us stuff in the mail about go to this camp or that camp and pay this amount of money or that amount of money and get exposed to these people. I'm like, boy, is that a game. And if you're not really special that somebody's going to sponsor you in one of those camps, yeah, you know, I, I don't know. It is what it is. We'll yeah. see what we'll see what happens in the wash, especially we have based on what happened this past year, we don't know what's going to happen next year. So for all we know, we could have people run out and I mean the transfer portal is what the transfer portal yeah. is anyway. Well, that's going to be the topic. We'll go quickly over the defense because there were some good defensive pickups. And then we're going, to, we're going to kind of do a third segment here that might play later that will be a single segment that we're going to talk a little bit about some of the issues with the transfer portal because I'd like to complete this thought. So if everybody will hang on, we will be back after a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. I'm back here with Josh. We're going to talk about the second segment here for our recruiting special, or actually letter of intent signing special. And we're going to take a quick look at the defensive signings, which I think objectively are a little bit better than the offensive signings as far as the prospects. I don't know how many kids are going to end up playing right away. But to note, we are losing a couple of defensive linemen, but we're keeping one. The one major keep that's a really important keep is Amari Barno. He's not going anywhere. 
he's coming back next year, so throw confetti because Amari needs a, a year worth of tape, but mm-hmm. a full mm-hmm. year here will be great. As far as the defensive line, we have Desmond Mamudi. He's 6'3", 290. And, uh, he's the pre-size for a defensive tackle that you actually need. We picked him up off of his former commitment to South Florida. He's an early enrollee, which will help because with that kind of weight, you don't know what kind of good or bad weight it is. But the Virginia Tech has had problems for years finding defensive tackles that are actually big and hard to move out of the holes. There's only so much that you can do with someone like Woody Barron or Jared Hewitt. They might be smaller and faster, but against the interior running game, a lot of times Virginia Tech gets killed. No offense, it's better to get fat yeah. kids on the line. Yeah, you know, hey, you know, being a fat kid, right? But Jared Hewitt is coming back. So's Deshaun Crawford. Jaden Cunningham is expected to come back. They are fishing at the portal. We'll talk about that in another podcast. But they are fishing at the portal for stuff. Now, on the defensive end side, we interviewed him. Matthias Carroll seems to be a really wonderful kid. I, I really enjoyed talking to him when we interviewed him. He's been dedicated to the Hokies for an unmovable as far as a signee. He's been committed for a long time, and I don't think that anyone really seriously fished at taking him off. Of no, he, he wasn't going anywhere, and I'm happy he's coming because in seeing some of his films and his highlights, he is really quick off the edge. He's going to be... I don't know. I don't think he stays at defensive end. It's 6'3 and 220, and his speed, I'm liking him at an outside linebacker slot or maybe an edge rusher. I think he's still probably going to be edge. Right now, Virginia Tech linebacking is in a weird spot because we can't afford to continue to have, no offense, but both we have Dax and Rayshard Ashby on the field. We've got two mics on the field, and we need speed in our linebacking core more than ever. I don't know if they're going to be converting as many defensive line prospects into linebackers just because I just don't know how fast people are. Yeah, I know for a fact that they picked up a guy that part of the reason why he's ranked so low is because if I remember correctly, Rivals still had him ranked as a wide receiver. Will Johnson? No, they, they changed him over to a linebacker, but he's still only rated two stars. A lot of people really like his athleticism and his ability, but he was not Mr. Fancy Pants Camp Circuit guy. So Yeah, well, that, that's one reason why I'm not a big fan of the stars ratings because because those stars ratings tend to come out of those. You got to pay big money to get into them, or have sponsors to get you into. Them I'm going camps. to tell you, if I've told you a million times, stars don't matter until they do, and they don't matter because there are always failures in what the someone's ranked. But it does matter because it's like the lotto: the more good tickets you've got, the better. It's one of the reasons why Alabama and Clemson could weather a COVID season where their depth got mauled is because they've got a billion four and five stars just laying around waiting to plug into a defense yeah, or offense. And anybody that's going to rank that, you know, as far as skills go, we're talking conditioning, we're talking physicality, you're talking things that you get a, a four star that really isn't in into a program like Clemson, they're going to be brought up to speed a lot faster than somebody who's like a two star or a two and a half star and have to be brought along and worked and everything else. So that is true. Now we got this kid, Kelly Lawson, coming in from Shirando and Stephen City. Those of us that spent four years going to Shirando and Stephen City is Joshua played football in high school and played against them regularly. Now it's a four-star school or whatever. I don't want to hear another word about Sharando ever again. (laughs) They had an announcer that drove us absolutely crazy. 
but he he's supposedly 6'4", 205 pounds, supposed to be pretty rangy and pretty quick, and we need somebody that size. They get this kid, Jaden Keller, who's 6'3", and 205, and he's from Bristol, Tennessee, which means he's also from Bristol. It depends on which side of the bed he fell out of in the morning and whether he's from Virginia or Tennessee. But Jaden Keller looks like he's going to end up being an interesting ad. And, of course, you mentioned Johnson. Jack Hollyfield is supposed to be a, a linebacker, but I don't know. Hollyfield is probably a little bit taller and faster than his brother. But, you know, we'll see how that goes with the tight end versus linebacker thing. You know, they're going to play with it. Right. And the McDonald brothers have committed. They didn't sign their letter of intent, as far as I know. No, they're waiting. They have to wait. Evidently, they're, they're waiting until after the beginning of the season. Because remember, Virginia High School League didn't play football this year. See, and that's another thing, again, where all these rankings are just going to be screwed up. Now, again, and we'll get into this in the next episode, I'm not going to pardon the coaching staff completely on what kind of is a munchy kind of recruiting class it fills holes but it doesn't necessarily have any great stars that we know of right now the only one that i think that is going to, going to talk about is i think jalen stroman stroman's supposed to be really good to be and, really and good he's got a brother that knows what he's doing and can can get help him, him out a lot of help and he's still local because he's still playing for the former redskins yeah the now actual deadskins Yes, whatever. I don't know. They we got the, the secondary looks like they're picking up some pretty interesting players and and maybe the DBU moniker and a little success there and some better recruiting chops will look like we got Elijah Howard, of course the McDonald's, Jalen Hoyle, Jalen Stroman. The big one that is the supposed the the supposedly big get is DJ Harvey. Yeah. who's the cornerback all the way out from California that decided to come all the way to this coast. I think he does have family in Virginia, though, as far as I'm aware. But he's supposed to be the quote-unquote star of the class if there is one. He probably would have been rated higher if he was larger. He was formerly a four-star, but then he committed to Virginia Tech and lost that fourth star because that's just kind of how these things go sometimes. Yeah, well, BS is BS. So the defense in general doesn't look like it's there's they're trying to build some stuff. I think again, we are going to see and this is this will be the next podcast uh, topic for a 15 minute single block, which is something that we're not talking about here because these are high school recruits and maybe I think there's a couple of transfers that, that, that are early transfers in here. but these are basically high school efforts. High school recruiting this year was, um, there's a Yiddish phrase for it, but I'm not going to use it here because translated, it means exactly kind of what it sounds like. And it's not for family in general, but it was really messed up really bad because there was no in-person visits. There was no camps to go to. There was no, obs- you know, didn't unless you're way down south where a lot of that stuff yeah. just didn't matter or they didn't care yeah, or, or they, or they didn't close down. Just so that everybody knows, because I know there are a lot of people out there commenting on all this and they have no knowledge of it, which sometimes kind of frustrates me. The There was no Virginia football this year, folks. The Virginia High School League postponed their season until spring. And now with this latest COVID outbreak, they're talking about not having a season at all. So it would be best for everybody just to park it for a little while and realize that this year's recruiting is just not 
you're going to get what you get. You're going to get, as Josh says, the whole fillers, the kids that are really, really long-term committed that you've already scouted in their junior year. You're going to get a few of those people. You're going to get some some strange ones that, that may or may not pan out. And I don't mean strange people. I mean, like oddball stuff that comes out of the blue that somebody contacts you and you contacted them and they get an offer or something just because you had an extra scholarship to and there's out. one there's one other thing that i'm not sure what we're gonna do we gotta re- we gotta replace oscar bradburn and brian johnson next year and i don't know who the kicker and punter are gonna be and i didn't see any real effort to recruit them so well, we have the new kid that's the punter was the punter for the last game for the uva game and did a pretty good job oscar did not oh, right play. he You're had right. a torn Poor Oscar was torn up. So we'll we'll see how that goes. If this year was weird, next year is going to be weird as a result of it. So, you know, hey, that's uh, kind of a wrap for this one. And I think the operative wrap for 2020's recruiting effort is it was okay. It wasn't anything to write home to mommy about. But it wasn't horrible like everybody wants it to be. But one thing it certainly was, was weird. And we're going to see what that set of results ends up being. And then the next show, we're going to talk about the portal and what the portal might mean to this year, because things are changing very rapidly in college football. So if everybody will just have a happy and because it is just before Christmas that we're recording this. So we want everybody to have happy holiday or hope you had a happy holiday because this will be coming out after Christmas. You all take care and we will come back and talk about the portal in a future podcast. So as we always end, because there's two Hokies sitting here too, go Hokies. Go Hokies. (laughs) 